Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3. How many love the presence of God? How many love the Word of God? My goodness. I've had greater experiences studying the Word than I have in services with the Lord. I just learned that over the years, you've got to feed on the Word, feed on the Word, feed on the Word. And you can feed until you get full. If, you'll, uh, if you will uh, do what needs to be done. Um, you know, that sounds funny to people. They think, what do you mean feed till I get full? Well, sometimes just read the Gospel of John and don't stop until you're already through the whole Gospel. And see if you don't get full. Spiritually. Now, people understand this naturally. Because they'll, they'll do this. They'll go, well, you know, I know if I eat enough steak, eventually I won't be able to eat steak anymore. Because you get full. How many realize that on Thanksgiving? Not steak necessarily. Maybe it was. I don't know. But on Thanksgiving, you can only eat so much, right? Some of you tried to go further. And I joined you. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you realize you're what? Full. Spiritually, you are the same way. You can realize you're full. You can realize it. Now, if you've never experienced that, you need to go ahead and step out in faith and do it. You say, well, how would I do that? I just told you. Read until you know you're full. Well, how will I know? You'll know. Well, can't you give me the signs? What signs do you have when you're full of food? You just know that you're full. Well, you're a spirit first before you're a body. You'll know when you're full. Amen? Sometimes people think, I'm supposed to be full of the Holy Spirit. How will I know? It will leaketh out of thy moutheth. You'll stop complaining and start rejoicing. Amen. If you need a good lesson on thankfulness, you need to listen to the whole last month of teachings from Vessels of Honor that Rick did, and then you can be practicing thankfulness. All right, so what are we talking about here? Where's the message? Where are we at? Oh, yeah, the principle of honor and increase. We were ragging on people about their money last week, so let's continue. <laughs> I love the Word of God. You know what I love? The Lord will anoint me to teach things that I don't feel like doing. And it's a good thing the anointing comes on me. Because if I looked at people's faces, I'd go home. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm glad we, you know, some, some, some churches may have considered this. I don't know. We have never considered it here because I believe in the anointing and the power of God to get the gospel across. And I'm standing inside of a mantle and a grace to do what I'm called to do. But I will say this, you know, uh, you know why comedy clubs a lot of times are hilarious? Because everybody's drunk. Or at least a little bit lit. Normally, that person wouldn't be that funny. But if you pass out alcohol first. So here we pass out the Holy Spirit. Just so you can smile while we hit trues and your body goes, ooh. And your big toe is hurting because I stepped on it good. Come on, I'm stepping on my own while I'm stepping on yours. Amen. 
How many want everything that God has for you? You know, I don't want to kind of, at the end of my life, just kind of roll across the finish line like, oh, I made it. I want to be gassed when I hit the finish line. You say gassed. What does that mean? I don't have anything left in me. I used it all. I gave it all. I got done and I had, I had prayed for my kids' spouses. I got done and I had prayed for my wife. I got done and I had prayed for the church God asked me to pastor. I had, I had the move of God that he asked me to host in the area that he set me in the planet. I want to get into heaven and have the Lord tell me, well done, not well. <laughs> I don't want the Lord to just look at me and go, you got in, Sean, good job. You made it. That was pretty good. I want to rival, you know, I want to, I want to compete with the Hebrews 11 crew. <laughs> Some people think I might have stepped out of bounds there, but that's your religious background. <laughs> no, I want, to, I want to compete. We're in a race. I want to love people that hate me. I love this about the disciples, and I know we need to go to Proverbs 3, but we'll get there. This is ties in because it has to do with honor. I'll tie it in somehow. I love the disciples. They get beat up for preaching the gospel. And they don't go back to their, the, the rest of the church and go, oh, please help us. How are we going to get through this? They said, Lord, it is an honor to have this bloody nose for you. Now, I added a little bit there. But you get the point. They're getting beaten out. Listen. Read the book of Acts sometime. Yeah. And, and really, really think about what's being said. The religious leaders and people that hated the church hired criminals to beat up and disturb the church. Does that sound familiar? Do you remember 2019? Or have you already moved on to the next, next Netflix series? And you forgot what the devil did to you and to your family. See, I don't forget. I remember. And in times of peace, oftentimes the church falls asleep. And that's why persecution arises. When we're praying for peace, it's not so we can take extra vacations. It's so we can preach extra evangelistic messages. It's so that we can infiltrate the systems of man and turn the hearts of men from hell to heaven. It's times of peace where we can get in and we can get to the people that God has been trying to, those who have been sitting in darkness have seen what? A great light. But see, the thing about it is, is that none of that comes easy. The Lord's been, he said this to me the other day. I was listening to a series on how to be faithful in finishing. And as I was listening to the message, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, he said, Sean, I paid for your salvation, but not for your discipleship. 
Now, a lot of times people think, oh, no, we're under grace. We don't have to do anything. Well, you don't need to earn your salvation, but you do have a responsibility to work from it. You say, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is simply this. Jesus said, take up your cross. What is cross? In that day, it was the most brutal form of death. Today, you might say, and this is just an analogy for you, take up the electric chair and come and follow me. You say, why would it be that way? Because it's a, it's a picture of what? When you think of an electric chair, when you think of somebody who's on death row, they're going to go to the electric chair. What does that mean? They're going to what? Die. See, it's in our dying that we actually end up living. It's in our giving that we end up increasing. It's in our sacrifice and our humility that we end up being exalted. The problem that we often have is this. We want our prosperity to, be, to, to come before our maturity. And in the world system and in the church systems, you can make that happen without God. Now, what do you mean by that, Sean? I mean you can cause yourself to be rich outside of God's will. Think about that. Now, I know, this is, I know this is heavy thinking. This is why a joke's coming here shortly, so you'll laugh. <laughs> so I can keep your heart open. You think, I'm not joking. It will come. And you will laugh. And you, what the truth that hit you and your soul goes, woo. And then you'll laugh and go, ah. And the Lord will go, now, Sean. And I'll slam another one in there. <laughs> I... I'm just telling the truth, that's all. I'm just being honest. I've done this long enough. I know how this works. I told you before, I youth pastored for six years. None of you can move me. <laughs> it felt like, it, it, there, were, there were months where it felt like nobody showed up to listen at all in youth group. And I'd have to get, I'd be praying in tongues. I'd be praying in the spirit in, in the back. And, and you're, you, you know, you're working with youth. And so you got youth leading the worship. And they don't know what they're doing, but we're trying to build them up, you know. They're just singing their songs. They have no concept of pulling and increasing faith and putting the word in people and getting people to open their hearts to the Lord. A lot of times people think this. They think, oh, the preacher's just insecure. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. I just need you to open your heart because I can see in the spirit in the sense of I know when the people are listening and when they are not. Now, you guys are all good listeners. I'm not saying that. At least the majority are, and the ones that aren't, you can learn. Amen. But I will tell you this, every guest minister that comes here says, man, that was easy. Yeah, it was. Because we've plowed out, amen? I said, we have. I didn't say I have. I said, we have. We want the word more than we want our own way. Now that is maturity. And when you're on assignment, you'll think differently than the world. Watch this now. You'll think differently than the church world many times. 
Because the church world, unfortunately, many times, develops systems of doing things that are conducive to the natural desires of man rather than to the word of God. The church world will actually justify carnality in order to maintain a certain level of numbers attending church. In the guise of, will be a comfortable place for those that are unsaved to come and they'll give their heart to the Lord. Where did Jesus do that? Where did Jesus ever lower his standard of holiness and integrity and obedience to the Father for the sake of keeping the doors open on a building? People, they don't realize this and you say, what are you talking about? Well, I'm preaching just... No notes, this is just in me. But I will just say this. People don't realize this. You can build a house, but you'll labor in vain. Because unless the Lord builds it. See, I believe, here, just to give you some, some picture of this, to, to give you some understanding of this. My background is uh, four square, Pentecostal. How many former Baptists are in here? Raise your hand. Woo! There's at least 10. All right, Lutherans. <laughs> I think Luther, originally, I think they did a pretty good job. <laughs> I know there's Presbyterians here. Catholic in background? Heathen? Heathen? <laughs> <laughs> you say, what is the point? The point is, is God will always have his people. He doesn't care about the brands. And those that are hungry will prepare their hearts to serve him and not care about the labels and the natural things that people put on things. You know, we bought a Wesleyan building, this one. You know, you, you want to hear something cool? I talked to the, because there's, there's two Wesleyan churches in town, and they're both owned by that denomination. We bought it from them, and the other pastor is in the Heights, and I can't remember his name right now, but I was talking to him on the phone. Guess what he is? He is a spirit-filled, tongue-talking Wesleyan pastor that is hungry for the move of God in his church. How does that happen? You honor the Lord more than the denomination. You honor the Lord more than natural things. And that's what Proverbs 3, 8, or 7 and 8 is saying. Or 9 and 10, I'm sorry. It says, honor the Lord with your what? Possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. How many want your, your, your barns to be filled with plenty? Then honor God. Now, I'm going to hit this hard, okay? We got 10 more minutes. I'm going to hit it hard. And I, here's what I want. I don't want you to think about me at all. This is going to be tough because you're all looking at me. But I want you to think about your life in relationship to God. The next thing I don't want you to think about is I'm not going to take up another offering. 
Guys, if we waited for people to give the offering we needed, even to buy this church, we never would have bought the building. The money didn't even come out of this church. It came out of the church. Two weeks before we closed, somebody handed me a check for $30,000. How can somebody give that much? It's easy. If you have that much, you can give that much. Right? <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, what do you have? You know, I don't want you to think about even, now I say that number, but listen, there's, there are days where my big offerings were five bucks. And I'm going to prove to you from the scripture that God says that's bigger than a $30,000 check if the heart's right. I am not asking for your money, so keep it. It's not me. This isn't about me. This isn't about the pastors. This isn't about the building. It's about what is God saying to do. You know, naturally, I've come up with some good ideas for myself. I've done some cool stuff too, Rick. <laughs> he was sharing this morning about how he started a business. God told him not to, and it didn't work out well. <laughs> I've done some things on my own, and they were colossal failures. I have lost $100,000 before. Because, you know, I'm savvy. What I found out is I was stupid. But there's recovery for stupid. <laughs> and I'm back to where I was because of the Lord. Actually, beyond. Now, this, I'm talking 20 years ago. But, you know, I mean, how many think $100,000 is a decent amount of money? <laughs> Do you know since then I've given away two vehicles? Did I just ask you to give me a vehicle? Don't think that way. You'll miss God if you do. See, I'm not that guy. I can't stand that. Honestly, have you ever been offering to death? Actually, I had a friend of mine who we graduated from the same, same uh, Bible school. And uh, he came and visited. He's a traveling minister. And he came and visited and he came on a Wednesday night. And he, after the service, he goes, you don't take up an offering on Wednesdays? I said, no. But people, there are churches that think they're going under if they don't take up an offering on Wednesdays. You can give it on Sunday just as good as Wednesday. And if you're not going to give, then you're not. I, this wasn't my idea anyway. I've had people give, I've had people give to this church from other states consistently because if God wants it to go he'll make it go and he'll do it in his style that's what I love about it I'm not opposed to taking up offerings I'm not opposed to taking up special offerings none of that what am I after here what is God after here he's after honor now watch this Let's go over to uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 41. It says this, 
Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. How would you like it if I did that? Guess what Jesus still does? <laughs> People were like, oh, I got out of there with my wallet full. Nobody saw it. Jesus sees your heart. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying God doesn't love you. He loves you. He would still give Jesus for you if you never gave a penny to his work. Has nothing to do with that. But God sees where? God sees when, if, if I don't love the sheep the way he wants me to. You know, that's fearful. That'll make you, that's why we need more Christians in politics. Because the Holy Ghost would check them when they're doing those backroom deals for stocks and things that they shouldn't be. And they're, they're lying through their teeth. And I'm not just talking about Democrats. I'm talking about Republicans too. They lied to the people that voted for them and they followed the wickedness that is in them and there will be correction. There will be. I've seen it. We've prayed about these things. Okay, move on. I got, I got to teach something here. I get over into the spirit. Okay. So, and many who were rich put in much. Ooh, the rich people were outgiven. Ooh. Jesus, Jesus watching in there, you know, they're dropping their $100,000 checks. You know, that's what we would say today. Or Venmo or whatever, however you do it. But <laughs> and they're dropping their money in. And then one poor widow came and threw in two mites. Do you know how much a mite is? It's less, it's like a quarter of a penny today. A quarter of a penny she put in, which makes a quadrants. We don't use those terms today, but that gives you an idea. A quarter of a penny or so. So rich people are dropping money, and then this little old widow comes up and does this, this poor widow. So he called his disciples to himself and said, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. She gave more than what? A few rich guys? All those who gave. Now, why? Why? For they all gave out of their abundance, but she out of her what? Put in all she had, her whole livelihood. Now, think about this with me. Think about this in terms of honor, what we're talking about worship. That means this widow woman is at home going, I got to give an offering today, but I'm poor. And I don't know what her situation was. I don't know if her, her cupboards were empty. She had no food. I don't know what the, how she gathered money, if it was just by begging for money or if there was some sort of assistance that came to her. I don't know what the situation was, but she looked at those two mites and she considered God first. She was by herself in her house looking at mites going, I got a lot of needs, Lord, but I love you. I want to honor you. Come on, you sense that? 
What is that? That's honor the Lord. What does she know? She could have been, she's a Hebrew woman, right? She could have been thinking about Proverbs. You said, Lord, that my vats would be full. Now, what is this? Two mites left. I can try and figure out my situation or God here. I want you in my situation. What is that? Honor. Not honor to a building fund, not honor to a man, not honor to a a, a natural thing, but honor to who? God. Now, it was received through the temple, right? Because that's the system God set up, right? But what did Jesus say? She gave more. So it's not the amount. It's the heart. Where is my heart in my giving? Where is my heart in when the Lord impresses me? Do this for somebody. Where is my heart? Is my heart, well, 30, 60, and 100 fold? And people say, can you say it like that? Yeah, I come from the camp. I'm not against the, those are scriptures, correct? They're true, right? But what are we dealing with here? We're not dealing with harvest, we're dealing with heart. God, I just, I know, you know, I, I, Lord, I know about so-and-so situation in the church, and I just want to help them. And so, Lord, I just come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, what do I have that they need? Father, I want their healing. I want their deliverance. I want them to come out of this. This is a difficult situation. Father, I use the authority you've given me. I take authority over their enemy who's trying to destroy them, which is my enemy because they're a part of your body, which means they're a part of my body. So, Lord, what do you want to do out of what I have? Here is your servant. Send me. I'll go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll live the way you want me to live. I'll be friends with who you want me to be friends with. I will give out of my substance the way you desire me to do it. Honor who? Well, what if they don't really appreciate my gift? Doesn't really matter. You honor the, and he, the scripture says, will honor you. How many think if God honored you, you'd know it? First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1. You can turn there. I'll say this, I believe there would be much, more greater, much greater effectiveness in giving if there was more time spent on our part in preparing our hearts before we gave to the Lord. I mean, the level of faith that that widow woman showed was just, I mean, think about this, it, it, went, it got the Son of God's attention 
I don't know about you, but I want to do that. Come on. I want to compete with the Hall of Fame of Faith Boys. You know, I want to go in and, you know, have you ever read about David's Mighty Men? Have you ever read some of the things that they did? I mean, there's, a, there's one where a guy went to combat against an Egyptian in snow, took the Egyptian spear and killed him with it. Now, people today, they go, wow, you know, I mean, I, that's impressive. You say, why is it in snow? Listen, it was slippery. He didn't have a weapon. He took the Egyptian's weapon and killed the Egyptian. I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like you're in a snowy, slippery area and the devil's got the spear and you need to get it out of his hand? Well, just go ahead, man or woman of God. Go ahead, step out in faith. Take that devil on and in the name of Jesus, stick him through. Get him all the way. Pan Come on, peg him to the ground. Come on, how many ever had a, you had to do the whole uh, uh, insect thing with, the, with the, the styrofoam growing up, you know, in school? That was a terrible explanation, and all of you got it. That was amazing. There's got to be Holy Ghost moving right now. So, but how many ever did this? I did this. I'd stick the pin through the bug before it was dead. You're cruel. You're cruel. Maybe I was a boy. That's what boys do. They were plagues anyway. So, anyway, And you know what that bug would do? Mm -hmm, trying to get away till he died, right? Now, I'm not saying you should do that, but I might have cued off a few boys in here, so sorry, moms. Just going to have to deal with it. Jesus didn't come to save the bugs, so <laughs> I heard an amen. I got an amen on it. We're good. But sometimes you, you just need to take the sword of the Spirit and stick that demon through and he can squirm if he wants to, but it's over. It is written. Come on, some of you need to think outside the box here. You, you're thinking too, you're thinking too, ooh, ooh, that's gross, ooh. Listen, concerning the salvation of your child that's rebellious right now, you better stick him through. Concerning your marriage, concerning your kids, concerning everything that he is trying to disrupt and cause a swirling wind around you, you better stick him through. Once you hold a funeral for your past, don't have a resurrection. Just move on and stick him through. You'll get where you need to be. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 1, Paul said this, Now concerning the collection, the offering, for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he, he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. So what is Paul saying? Paul urged this giving to come, from the highest motives of worship. What is he saying? If, if it, as, as a person who honors the Lord, when your stuff comes in, when your money comes in, when your substance is before you, see, a person of faith won't just think about how the new clothes they want. They'll look through their closet and find something that's in really good condition, not bad condition. And they'll think about and go, God, who do you want me to give this to? 
See, a person of faith doesn't just sit and think about their needs. They think about how they can be a blessing to someone else. A person of faith doesn't just sit back in their own life and constantly meditate on their own things, but they realize that if they'll honor the Lord, if they'll seek his kingdom first, that he will take care of them. And a person of faith, is satisfied and content no matter the circumstance. But many times I feel like even in my own life at times and in the American church, if we don't just have the temperature just right in the room, well, I can't go. The coffee isn't city brew coffee. That building's too old. Those chairs aren't new enough. That's not the people I like to be around. The preacher is too white. I, listen, the only reason why I'm saying this is because I've heard people say, well, the pastor is this ethnicity. I can't go. What? If you're thirsty, you'll drink from any cup. I don't care what the cup says. You know, when I enjoy coffee at my in-law's house, they have a cup. One of the cups has pigs on it. And it says on there, a moment on the lips and a lifetime on the hips. But I don't go, I can't drink out of this. No, I enjoy the drink. You say, where do these jokes come from? They're not in my notes. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> What's the point? Honor the Lord. If I'm going to set something aside, I have to take time and pray. People say, well, I don't get paid every week. Well, that's just how it was in that day. Don't think about the systems necessarily. Think about the honor. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to be a blessing to your church? How do you want me to be a blessing to people around me? Lord, bring me across someone's path that I can be a blessing to them. Lord, I want to honor you. Jesus said this. He said, if you give one of these little ones a cup of cold water... In my name, he said, you've done it unto me. Come on, think about it this way. You're not just helping somebody in need, whether it be a food situation, a rent situation, or you just want to bless them. Now, it doesn't even have to be a need. Maybe you just want to bless somebody. You just want to give to them. You have it in your heart. I want to give to you. I want to I want to I want to uh, uh, just be a blessing to you. Do you have a need? Do you have something that you want? Whatever it is, think about this. It would be as if if your heart's right. It's like you handing that item to Jesus. See, we don't think that way, do we? I mean, not naturally. It takes a renewal of our mind. And you know what people think? People will think this, well, I don't have much. Neither did the widow. What did she have? What do you have? 
Come on, you, we, we ought to sit down some days and go, Lord, what do I have? What do I have? I want to talk about the offering David gave, but... You know, sometimes people think because, because or as a whole, as just as natural people, we can really think in terms of, of we can get stuck naturally. And we can think in terms of amounts versus not amounts or any of that when really it is an issue of what? The heart. What does it tell us in Scripture if we do honor the Lord? That he will increase you. Does it say that? <laughs> go back to Proverbs chapter 3. Put this up on the screen and we'll end here. I won't go to David's offering because I think that's probably enough. This will keep you busy for a few days. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase. Verse 10. So your barns will be with what? Did the Lord say that? Did he say that? Is that a wild-haired prosperity preacher's verse? Whose verse is that? It's God's verse. And your vats will overflow with what? New wine. Whose verse is that? Are you going to believe it? See, I can believe it for me. I can believe it in conjunction with you. But if I believe it for you and you don't believe it, it won't work. Just like salvation. You've got to want what God wants. Now, what's the prerequisite to overflowing or to the blessing of God that way? Spiritual maturity, it's honor, it's worship. It's giving it's having a heart before the Lord. So don't, don't, make, uh, don't make certain aspects of preaching and things or different denominations and stuff like that. Don't make it a you versus them thing or a me versus you thing. Make it a go back to the word and see what it says thing. And this is between me and the Lord. I've had people do this through the years. They've, they've, they've said, well, I can't come to the, your church. Well, why? Because you all believe in praying in other tongues. Okay. So you can't come because of that? You're telling me God sent you here, but you can't come because of that. Guys, I wish this was not this common, but it is pretty common. So can I not come to your church because you don't pray in other tongues? How about when we get to heaven? Is there going to be this one part of town where people are just wild? <laughs> and there's like bumping music and people swinging from chandeliers. And <laughs> this is what they think Pentecostals are, you know. And Jesus said, welcome. We like to make you comfortable. So pick the area where you want a fellowship. 
And then you go over, how many have seen some of those videos online of like, they'll do these different things, a Pentecostal in worship, a Baptist in worship. Have you seen those? Different ones. Now I've, honestly, I don't think I've, I mean, I maybe have been in like one or two Baptist churches in my life, maybe. And I don't remember exactly what it was like. So I'm only going off what they said. But my grandparents went to an Episcopal church here in town. And they didn't have a pastor. They had a father, right? They had Father John. Now, Father John's not there anymore. But you know what Father John was? Filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. And I'd go to their service, and I'd be, it was, you were not bored. Because you had to kneel a lot. Communion was with real wine. And it didn't matter that I wasn't 21. We went to the spaghetti feed afterwards, and there's cups, Dixie cups everywhere with juice in it. We thought. <laughs> My brother's 13. I'm 10. We just got done taking communion. I'm like, that was not grape juice. <laughs> and everybody drank out of the same cup. And we all lived. Nobody died. And all they did was wipe it with the little white hanky. I don't think that thing was disinfected because I didn't taste any disinfectant when I drank the wine. <laughs> and if you're, the spaghetti feed was awesome. And my mom goes, my mom goes, well, is that, you know, is that juice or wine? And my brother, Toby, <laughs> Dixie cup, boom, slams the whole thing just like that. He goes, it's wine. <laughs> we are joining this church. I mean, I was, I was raised at Faith Chapel. I mean, I'm used to Pastor Stan just standing there teaching for 20 or 30 minutes. I, I mean, there was smoke in the church. Because they had a pot thing. Sorry, I don't know what these terms are. I can just tell you what I experienced from a 10-year-old perspective. And they'd swing that thing up and down the aisles. Yeah, oh, incense. Yeah, that's what it was. And then they'd all say something, and then people would say something, and then they'd show you this really big cross. And then they'd show a really big Bible. And everybody's kind of doing their thing, you know. But he, Father John's a missionary in Africa till today. He's in his 80s. And he, they would lay hands on the sick. They'd cast out devils. I'm pretty good for an Episcopal. You say, what's your point? I don't know. <laughs> it was funny. My point is we're all going to need to get along. You know, a Baptist could stand a swing from a chandelier every once in a while. <laughs> Don't be such a stick in the mud. You <laughs> and a Pentecostal could stand to sit down and shut up. <laughs> oh, man. So the Lord will increase you if you honor him with your possessions. All right. We better do an altar call. Every head bowed, every eye closed.
uh, altar care workers, you can come. Afterwards, if you need prayer for anything, altar care workers will be here. But I just want to give people an opportunity to give their heart to the Lord. We know this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, that eternity is in the heart of every man. We know from John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, guys, Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. He came to redeem you. He came to deliver you. We know that all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, according to Romans 3.23. We also know that heaven is a free gift. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God wanted us brought back into relationship with him. Romans 5, 8, and 9 says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we also know that we can receive forgiveness through faith by trusting Jesus Christ, Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, if you're in here this morning and you've received the Lord, then you don't need to respond. But if you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Just by a show of hand where you're at, I'll pray with you. And then after service, you can come up and talk to one of our altar care workers. Is there anybody that would like to receive the Lord? Josh, if you guys want to check online, just make sure. Just raise your hand where you're at and be glad to pray with you. Anybody? Okay, thank you. Yeah, I see that one hand. Anybody else? You want to give your heart to the Lord. I see your, your hand there. Anybody else? Okay, good. All right, let's do this. Let's all pray together. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that your son Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness, become your child, receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, repent of my sin. I receive the gift of forgiveness. I give you all my life and all my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Jesus also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, Lord, making me your child, helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.